0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. void, prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18.com.
1: Hey, y'all. Welcome to Remote Viewing Investigations with Jessica. I'm your host, Jessica Jones. We'll be peering through the villa to shed light on mysterious cases from all over the world. We invite you to join us on this magnificent journey through space and time to try to unravel these mysteries. Please don't forget to give us a thumbs up, share this out, and subscribe to Texas Front Porch and to my channel, The Cryptid Huntress, on YouTube. You can find us on Odyssey Radio and iHeartRadio, and can contact us at Texas Front Porch on Facebook or email us at paracryptidencounters at gmail.com and oracleofthesouth at gmail.com. You can reach us through text at 972-559-0988. If you'd like to support us in what we do here, our Super Chats are open Thanks and enjoy the show. Hey y'all, welcome into Remote Viewing Investigations with Jessica. I'm your host, Jessica Jones, and I have another really awesome show for you guys lined up tonight. I have remote viewed the Sasquatch kidnapping of Albert Osman, the alleged kidnapping and abduction of this man back in the 1920s all right so before we start tonight i want you guys to know that i've got an amazing co-host with me and uh riding shotgun tonight i have got bigfoot michigan rob straight out of michigan i'm gonna go ahead and bring rob up what's
0: up rob hey jessica how you doing hey, how are I, you doing
1: i'm excellent i'm excellent thank you for joining me tonight
0: my pleasure is always, and I'm glad that I finally got the Gremlins worked out of my system. You know, I've been having internet (laughs) problems, so I had them replace everything in the house. It's it's taken two days, but now we're ready to roll. We are ready to roll.
1: You're crystal clear, coming through. Crystal clear, loud and clear. So, you you know, it... There's always something, right? I know when I first started doing this show, I was a blurry mess. You couldn't see my face. You could hear me occasionally, but it was slurry and slow. And you know, I think I think we're finally getting it right. Or our, com- yeah. our companies are.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we're getting it together. We're getting together. I told these people I'm losing X amount of dollars each and every day that I'm down. So hey, I'm going to <laughs> exactly. Xfinity. I told the guy today, I'm going to Xfinity if you don't do what I want today.
1: Time is money. Time That's is money. Right. All right. That's right. Okay. Well, we are here tonight because I remote viewed Albert Osman and the mysterious case of him being kidnapped by a Sasquatch back in 1924. Okay. And so before we start, I want to go ahead and just read a, a little synopsis of what happened. And uh, and we're going to get this thing started tonight. Are you ready, Rob?
0: I'm ready and rolling. Okay.
1: All right. Well, Albert Ostman was a Canadian prospector who claimed to have been kidnapped by a Sasquatch and held captive for six days. While out prospecting in the wilderness in Toba Inlet near British Columbia in 1924, he had suspicion that something or someone had been messing with his camp while he slept at night. He had no intention of sleeping one faithful night, but dozed off only to be awakened by being grabbed by a large Sasquatch while asleep in his sleeping bag. He was carried by the creature for three hours before finally being put down and greeted by a family of four Sasquatches. Osman claimed that he had a gun on him, but never used it during the ordeal. He was fed by the beings and eventually assumed that he was being kept for breeding purposes with a female Sasquatch. (laughs) After six days, he made a plan to feed the larger eight-foot-tall being some snuff. Actually, I think he was going to throw it in his eyes. That was the original plan, to make him groggy, and then to make his escape. His plan was successful, and he ran away coming across a logger and claimed to be lost, knowing that he would sound crazy if he told the man what had actually happened to him. In 1957, Osman saw numerous stories regarding the hairy man in the press, and he decided that it was time to tell his story to the local newspaper. He was ridiculed, but stuck to his story until his death in 1975. Wow, right? That sounds like um, sounds like a, a tall tale to people who are especially who are not familiar with Bigfoot, right?
0: You know, when I listened to 33 minutes of a clip and then I read some of the book from John Green, and the first thing that I was thinking was, no way. You know, yeah. I had never heard of a Sasquatch kidnapping somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And and again, you know, I'm not going to get into it. I know you're going to reveal your data, but as I'm as I'm listening to the story unfold, it's not the first time <laughs> I heard it. I heard it like last year, but I know coming on the show, I just wanted to do a little prep work, right? You know, mm-hmm. the professional thing to do. And for all the Thank things you. that for all the things that went down and let's, and let's face it, Jessica, you and I believe right we're mm-hmm. I, we're experiencers, I believe in sasquatch. I believe in most everything or anything for the most part i'm open minded, but I tell you, you're gonna get into it and some of these things, like carrying a guy thirty miles over his his shoulder, setting up his own campsite, twenty mm-hmm. feet thirty feet away from the sasquatch and Again, I'm jumping ahead of myself, and and they let him escape. To me, you know, it's a little. I I want to believe it, and I'm not. And I'm going. I can't wait for the data because I've got a lot to say and uh, this is your show and I don't want to take it over.
1: Oh so, yeah. Well there there are a lot it's it's kind of a mixed bag as to whether people believe this story or not. Uh I, but I'm I'm seeing the majority of people who have responded on my social media cuz you know I'm 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 plastering this all over social media yes. all week. Yeah. That's what I, that's that's what I do. And uh and so I I'm going to say well over half of the people believe that this is true. I've only had a few people maybe two say, Oh, this is totally not real. You know? Right. So I mean, there's a mystery to it. And, uh, and, and honestly, I don't know of any other cases where people have claimed to be straight up kidnapped by a Sasquatch family and <laughs> live to tell about it. Okay. So, right. well, drum roll, please. <laughs> Let me tell you. Okay. So I, um, I did, you know, as in all of my targets, I always uh, want to see if it's actually something that actually happened or not. With this case, I can say, yes, this happened. Okay, it did happen. And um, I actually saw his little campsite where he was staying. He he had a little makeshift campsite and uh, I drew it out and everything. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say this happened, y'all. This was a real story. Okay, um, I was able to see that uh yeah a, a Bigfoot did come and it was messing with him every night it was you know I've, I've heard like today I was listening to some um discussions about it online okay because I did this target on the 14th what is this the 17th all right so yeah, yeah I was listening to uh, some some conversations about this online by the way if anyone would like to join my Patreon you can have full access to my remote viewing data for all of my targets for all of my shows uh, just become a member, and, uh, and you guys can see the real deal, okay? Because there's a lot of stuff I don't have time or I don't talk about. A lot of gory details of some of these shows I do that I don't talk about on air. So, um, okay. But, um, yeah, I was listening to uh, some some people talk about this, and it was a little bit um, – the stories are a little bit different every time I heard them from different people. And, uh, and some people – and I even heard an interview from Osman – from the 1970s, I believe 1971, perhaps, and uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it was it was all a little different. But they but what I was picking up in my remote viewing data was that it was not an older sasquatch that got him. It was actually quite young. Okay, so uh, what I was hearing was there are two old ones and two young ones. Okay, yes,
0: that's what I heard.
1: Well, but here here we go is the thing about like we don't know the lifespan on these beings, right? So we right. really don't know how old they are. It's almost like seeing baby Yoda in Star Wars, you know, there's like the baby Yoda but he's 50, you know. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: And I, you know, and really and the thing too is let's say that an older Sasquatch is depicted to be let's just say 60 years old. You know, let's just say throwing out that number and for the Sasquatch now you say from your data it's a younger one. See the what I read it was the older one, right? Uh-huh. But who are we to say that sixty is old or seventy? We don't know that. Maybe they live at two hundred and fifty years old. We don't know. Sixty could be a spree, a spree vile yeah. person, right? That's right. And the thing that I really liked about the story is they in the story they were f- referred to as just people covered in hair. Yeah, it wasn't. So was didn't say monster. Right? Didn't say. I mean he did say the sasquatch but it was like a human mm-hmm. just a human just literally covered in hair and um and i thought that was pretty cool that that was brought up in the story at least the ones yeah. that i read and heard
1: he actually did describe he the breast of the older woman the older female It was kind of funny. I don't remember how he described it, but it it made me giggle a little bit. So, um, but yeah, he said the other, the two younger ones, they were not as developed, let's just say. Okay. Now, you know what? Uh, While I've got this up here, hey, Flat Rock, Flat Rock's in the chat. He said, um, he said, we can believe... um, if we can believe a three-year-old story in North Carolina about being taken care of by a so-called bear, why couldn't this be true? You were just telling me that before the show started tonight, Rob, right?
0: Yes, I was. I said, you know, it reminds me of that. Like we talked about it. We've never heard of a kidnapping, but we heard about the tale about the supposed, now the story comes out as a bear. um, Yeah. Having taken care of a, a, a young child, five years old, perhaps it was in North Carolina and it, where it was, it, it said it kept him warm. It, the big, the big fuzzy bear kept him warm at night. And yeah. the thing about that story is, when he was returned, and he was like, and he was actually not too far from his home, right? When this happened, mm-hmm. and when he was found, he was perfectly fine, no hypothermia, no major injuries or scratches. Uh, which yeah. is, hey, it leads you to believe that certainly, Sasquatch are protectors of the young, right? But this story we'll get into a little later when we talk about Mm -hmm. the escape, because there's one thing about the escape that I don't quite buy, despite, I know your data says what it says,
1: Mm -hmm. but
0: we'll save that for a little later. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. So what I was seeing, picking up on, on his campsite was a lot of stuff, trinkets, tools. Okay. A lot of shiny objects, shiny things. Okay. And, uh, you know, he was there looking for gold. He was a prospector, um, I picked up on a whole bunch of t- shiny stuff, okay, and that is what sparked this Bigfoot's interest. Not only that, but he was seeing—I, according to my data, this Bigfoot was basically seeing like this kind of a, a, a bipedal, like a human, like him. I, I was picking up white man, okay. Let's just put it that way, okay. <laughs> It was, um, it was an up close and personal encounter with a white man without hair all over his body. Okay. Um, And so it, he was just being curious. Okay. This thing was very curious. And so it, it was seeing his trinkets and token items and things. And that's what it it was messing with it. And it wanted those things. It was curious. The thing, first of all, I had no intention of harming this guy. Okay. It was just curious. It was, he was something to play with, like getting a dog. Okay. And taking a little puppy home. That, that is basically what happened. Okay. I also got in my data. This guy was not, there was no intention of mating him with the small, smaller female. Okay. There was none of that, you know, maybe that he, in his rational mind, he was trying to figure out like, why did they bring me, why did this thing bring me to its family? It had to have been that, right? I mean, I
0: think, I think he perhaps felt was a little arrogant. You know, just, yeah. hey, they want to well, breed with me, you know.
1: Well, I listened to his interview right before we started the show tonight. And uh, and he said, well, I couldn't tell if this young female was like 10 or 15 years old. And so, uh, you know, he thought it would be kind of weird to think that they wanted him to breed with a, a little one. You know what I'm saying? It just sounded kind of weird to me, but oh, I don't no. know. I don't know. um, But yeah, um. This guy was actually pretty scared. Okay, obviously, as anybody would be, because he didn't understand what was going on. Okay, I saw, I saw him smushed up in a sleeping bag. His head was not even out of the sleeping bag. Okay, it was like it was like a sack. Okay, yes, it was. And uh, and he thought that he in the interview he was saying he thought he was riding on a horse. Okay, yes. he thought someone had like tossed him over the backside of a horse, basically. Um, but it was a it was a sasquatch. And. Okay? Uh,
0: it, And also too, what I gleaned from that and listening to that and reading part of it is he was held so, he was so tightly strapped to the Sasquatch that he could feel like his his bag full of goods, you know, his his gear was crushing inside of his back and his feet. And also he said he was lucky that at the top of this sack or his sleeping bag, He said that was lucky that there was an opening where he could breathe because he was feeling that that it went any longer or if there wasn't that opening that he would have suffocated.
1: I mean, I can't see how he didn't suffocate. I was wondering that actually in the data, because I mean, now we have these sleeping bags that are like lightweight and you can, you know, I've got a really nice sleeping bag. And uh, Mm -hmm. because, you know, I go camping in all all conditions, honestly, um, when we're out there big footing and uh, doing our research. But uh, back then, I mean, they just had those really heavy like flannel sleeping bags. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how heavy it could have been because, you know, if you're if you're carrying a rucksack, basically, you yeah. don't want to have a super heavy, you know, sleeping bag. But then it's also cold, right? Because it's Canada. Yes. <laughs> so I can't imagine. Um, and
0: I think I read somewhere, too, that he said that he, his gear originally was um, amounted to about 80 pounds. Now, let me tell you something.
1: That's, a, that's heavy.
0: That's heavy. That's heavy. <laughs>
1: That's real heavy. Well, because he also had to have tools, right? And I mean, yep. and that's what was attracting the Bigfoot, okay, or his yeah. shiny tools and his pans and pots and whatever he had out there. Mm. Um, here's a little here's a little tidbit that I picked up on too. He was drinking bourbon. They never mentioned that in any of those stories.
0: <laughs> now that's the first I heard of that one.
1: So yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be giving that away either. If I was him, that's fine. Yeah. But um, just thought, thought, thought everybody'd like to know. He's drinking a little bourbon. I don't blame him.
0: Hey, you know, I will tell you this, <laughs> this. I will. I will tell you this. I know you're going to get into it. How he escaped? Yeah. The escape. The how he escaped. I believe that he would have been better off giving the Sasquatch the bourbon than I could. I could <laughs> see him just walking away. Shoot.
1: I would have kept that for myself, yeah. honestly. I don't know.
0: I don't. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I like. It. Well. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I would have kept it for <laughs> myself. I think I'd have given yeah. him a coffee instead.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was a, a long trip. It, he was smooshed up in this sleeping bag. He was scared for his life. He said it was he was belly up actually at some point. Okay, like belly up. I guess like I don't know. The thing must have been kind of shifting him around. I mean, he was out on, on out there for almost three or four hours, right? Yeah. And um, but he said his life flashed before his eyes over and over again while while he was in this this sleeping bag okay uh, but yeah he had a bunch of his his belongings had like shifted down to the bottom of the sleeping bag i guess he had maybe some food he just had a whole bunch of junk that was jingling around down in the bottom of the sleeping bag so yeah. you know all all the important stuff like coffee yeah <laughs> coffee and probably some rifle shells and you know some buckshot yeah, yeah. oh it's funny that i said that because i just looked down at my paper and it said buck so like buckshot yeah, yeah. He absolutely yeah, I had mean,
0: that. You know, yeah, when I was listening to this, he had his buckshot, he had his coffee, he had his, um, oh, snuff. You know, he had dried goods, dried milk. I mean, he, I mean, the man was prepared for his endeavor. And I think he was what, he, he was prospect. Prospecting for gold, was he not? Uh, yeah. He
1: was. And you know, that's this is something else that's very interesting. And I'm actually going to be having my friend Fred in Alaska. Fred Roll is coming back on my show at Space Out Radio next month. And we're gonna be talking about um the the gold mines and Sasquatch, so the relationship between Sasquatch and gold mines. Uh they're oftentimes seen around gold mines. Okay. And so that's gonna be the topic of discussion here in a couple of weeks uh, on my show. Um, Awesome. So there has to be something to it. I don't know, uh, because, you know, he was out there looking for gold and, uh, and this thing ha- happened upon him. It, it didn't just happen upon him. It was stalking him out. OK, according to my data, it, it had been there for a while, you know, and, and it says in the stories that it, he felt like something was messing with his camp every night when he fell asleep. It Damn. was it absolutely was. It was, um, it was definitely, but, but it was all out of curiosity. It wasn't out of malice. It wasn't trying to harm him. It was just out of curiosity. It wanted to be friendly and it was actually an adolescent. Okay. And I don't, and I say that by like, I don't know the ages of of Bigfoots. Okay. Like, right. But it it was, it was not a a super old Bigfoot. It was a, and it was, it had adolescent behavior. And you think,
0: Now that you mention it, it sounds like that he was kind of like, for the lack of a better term, staked out. I mean, he was actually observed well in advance of his abduction, right? Mm -hmm. And then it seems like maybe it was the young one down at camp. And again, there's various versions. The version I read was the old man, old man Sasquatch is the one that eventually got him. But then again, with the young, the youngster scouting him, and again, we don't know what the ages are, mm-hmm. right? We have no idea. So that does make perfect sense. And the fact that they were checking him out before they took him is is pretty uh pretty pretty fascinating in itself.
1: Yeah. Okay. Another thing that sparked the Bigfoot's interest was his pipe. Apparently he was smoking a pipe. Um I was I was seeing that. Uh it was it was very curious about him smoking a pipe. Okay. I don't know. I, I didn't hear a whole lot about a pipe in any of the, you know, interviews that I saw, right. but apparently he had some sort of a pipe. He had something. He had something that sparked his interest. It looked like a pipe. So, okay. okay. Now let's see. So this is where I started picking up on the Bigfoot. Okay. And, um, and, and the trek that it made back to the cave or wherever these where, wherever it took this guy. Okay. Um, they went over water, creeks, mountains, uh, and ended up by it near a cave, okay? And this this guy, Albert, he, he thought he would never see humans again. He figured he was done for. This was it. He's never going to get home. Um, you know, he had his gun. He had a gun, absolutely had a gun with him. But the Bigfoots were not intimidated by him at all, okay? Even with his gun, they didn't care. They were like, yeah, try it, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I got loud and clear that there was no breeding plan. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and I think that's a big part of the story when people tell it is, you know, he thought he was being used for breeding for breeding with the younger one. But um, it was absolutely there was absolutely no plan for that. Okay, Um, just thought I'd I'd put that out there. It was all out of curiosity. It was all out of fun. They were just kind of hanging out with the guy. Okay. Hanging out. It was almost like they brought him back to camp. That one brought him back to camp to be like, Hey, look what I got. You guys yeah. <laughs> look, it's like, you know, Hey, yeah. dance for us out there, you know, or something. I don't know. You know, poking him with a stick. Like, what are you doing? Do something you know, fun. <laughs> and,
0: you know, and then it begs the question too. Do you think this is the first time this, this, this clan actually kidnapped somebody or, or observed somebody as intently? you know you think about again late, foreshadowing a little ahead of, ahead of the story it seems to me like maybe this is the first time this has happened because they were very inquisitive and just observing this person Albert right
1: yes yeah um, yeah I mean they you know it obviously there were loggers in the area because eventually he did escape. Out of this, he he got his stuff and ran off, uh, spurred of the moment. Okay. And we'll get into that in just a minute. But there were loggers in the area because he happened upon a logger. And um, and yeah, so you know, it, it makes you wonder, but also the Bigfoot, it took him like three hours to get back to where he lived. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not saying that they had never seen like a white man before, but it was in my yep. data that they were like, Oh, it's a it's a white dude. It's like a white man with no hair on him. So they were like, Let's Maybe they just picked up on his vibrational frequency and were knew that they maybe they could trust this guy and they were yeah. like, hey,
0: yeah, he seems really
1: cool. Let's take him home.
0: And that's what I was getting. I think so because you know that Sasquatch from the forest—they've seen many people, right? Many white men, right? Yeah, you I, think so. <laughs> you would think, and I, you know, we talk about it every day. We walk past them, and I, they, we don't see them, right? Or mm-hmm. in different stories, or or different researchers. And there was something my question is, what was it about this guy that they singled him out to kind of uh, bring him on as a as a playmate or as a, a somebody to, uh, you know, sit across when we later talk about the story when he gets back to their their camp area?
1: Yeah, well, I, like I said, his trinkets and his tools and all the shiny objects brought the Sasquatch in close to get it get. acclimated with him in the very beginning so yeah it was it was just this stuff they were probably curious it was probably curious watching him trying to figure out what he's doing but like I said there's also this interesting little gold mine connection we got going on here like I said I'm going to be talking with Fred in Alaska about that in a a couple weeks Uh, and he's in Alaska and you know apparently uh, there are a lot of Sasquatch sightings near the gold mines and they are Quite more, they're a little more violent around those areas. So uh, it's interesting that this one was not violent. Yes. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's the terrain. Maybe it's energetics in the area. Who knows? But um, but okay. So this guy immediately started trying to plan his escape right after he got there. Um, you know they. The, it says plans. I, I, I can't remember what I was picking up on at that moment. When I wrote down the plans. Now, I, he did. He did have a plan to escape. And let me tell you, I did do a deep mind probe on him. Okay. Where you can get in their head and ask some questions and stuff. If you do pick up on a, if I pick up on a, a human or anything in the environment. Yes. And um, he was trying to decide if he was dreaming. Okay? okay. The whole time he, he was, you know, like how you rub your eyes and you're like, oh, is this yeah. a dream or is this real? That was his mind state. Uh, after he got there, the whole, pretty much the whole time he was over the Bigfoot's back, he was like, Oh, I gotta be dreaming. This can't be real. Um, but yeah, but he knew after seeing the Bigfoot's, he said, there's no way out. There's no way out. I had no way out. Um, I was, but he said, um, I knew I couldn't beat them. I had to outsmart them is what he said. There's no way he was going to fight them off. He was going to have to outsmart them. And that's exactly what he did. Okay. So, um, and it did have to do with tobacco. Okay. And, um, and there was just, there was a spur of the moment. There was some moment where he was able to take off running. Okay. He actually like just took off run, running survival mode. Okay. He was, he was hundred percent in survival mode. He had the plan. pretty much stuck to it and it was you know i I didn't pick up on the whole coffee thing and all that kind of stuff like you hear in the stories but there but something did happen um i did i couldn't hone in on exactly what it was um but it was something that where he was able to in a split second he was able to just take off running and get out of there and he escaped them um and there was there was a lot of running a lot of trees it was very dangerous
0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Actually, some of it, uh, it was, at some point it was, there was darkness and hiding. Okay. Now, if he was making coffee, I would assume that'd be in the morning, but for whatever reason, I was picking up that it was kind of dark when he was, he was running. Maybe he ran for a long time. Who knows? I have no idea. But, um, but he, he stopped several times to make sure the coast was clear. And, uh, he was feeling crazy, insane and very emotional. Okay. Um, but the bigfoots never had any intention on hurting him okay so um yeah you know that that's pretty much my data in a nutshell right there okay that's pretty much my data it absolutely i watched it go down okay yeah it 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 happened okay and uh, and i stick by my data i i saw it i believe the man um i can say with confidence i believe i believe that this happened to this poor guy and, you know and it's really sad you know this is why people that experience Bigfoot, uh, they don't go forward with their stories because they do get ridiculed. I mean, this poor guy was ridiculed until he died over the story, Rob.
0: You know, and and again, the great story, you know, it seems, I believe this did happen. You know, I mean, I was going to wait for you to go through your data after me listening to the story and reading some of it. And a lot of the things that I read and what you uncovered on your data, yeah, it makes sense to me. And the one thing that I, that I found out during a little bit of research on this is when it came to the, to the tobacco, Mm -hmm. I guess that now you guys sit there, they're sitting there for two, three, he's there for how long was it Jessica? Six days,
1: six days. That's a long time.
0: And so, and what I noticed from the story, what I read out of the John Green book was the, the four Sasquatch. It was pretty much the the two older ones were kind of laissez faire, Mm -hmm. but the other, the younger ones were really interested. They would, it would creep closer and closer. And in fact, it was one of the younger ones that was interested in Albert's tobacco. But he didn't get. But John, uh, Albert didn't give him any tobacco or anything. But during the night of the escape, from what I gathered, was that the the old the eldest Sasquatch was interested. He got close and kind of grabbed the tin of uh-huh. snuff, and and he ate it. He swallowed a whole yeah. bunch of it, and he started getting really sick and and. And according to Albert, he started making a bunch of noises. And then the coffee that he had, the coffee. (laughs) The
1: coffee? Coffee talk?
0: Yeah, you know, what's that, from Saturday Night Live? Yeah, yeah, talk
1: amongst yourselves. I'll give you a topic.
0: So he took the coffee, the cold coffee, and he guzzled it, the Sasquatch. Then all of a sudden, he's rolling on the ground, He got really sick. So that's when he said, that's when Albert said he got the nerve to take off. You know, the two youngsters were behind. And then he did make mention of this, too, Jessica, about the female. Yeah. She was kind of there, but she had, like, spindly legs or something like that. <laughs> but he so did
1: make. She had, like, chicken legs. Is that what you're she saying? Like, spindly, spindly like, <laughs> like, like chicken.
0: But supposedly he did fire. She skipped
1: a, leg day. Is that what you're saying? Yeah.
0: No squats. <laughs> yeah. But he, he supposedly did fire a shot, though, up in the air. And the the female kind of backed off and he was able to escape. And then, again, the only question I pose is I think they wanted him as a, I don't want to say a playmate or a friend, but (laughs) I don't know why they didn't send the youngsters out maybe to track him down. Because from what I understand, the escape was pretty easy.
1: Okay. Um, I have a question. What in the world does snuff do to you? I mean, I, snuff is like you know. I live in the South, all right. A lot of dudes walk around with their little spit cup, and they like put snuff in their lip and all that stuff, and you know, whatever. Well, to each his own. Y'all, y'all do, y'all do, y'all. Okay, I, I don't do know. it. We- I never tried it. What does snuff do to you? And is it the same type of snuff today that they had back then?
0: I'm I was well. You know what? I'm curious myself. I know. Uh, <laughs> Our good old boy text. he chews so could tell us. To me, that's the same as chew. Maybe somebody in yeah. check I don't know. I think but I do know this. If you take one of those tins of, of tobacco, Jessica, if uh-huh. you and I were to eat it and swallow it, I think we would get very sick.
1: I would throw up, there's no doubt. Yes, okay. I think I'm we sure. would.
0: And that's so it message. makes
1: you like kinda high or like dizzy and I mean, like. Yeah, I mean, it's, I know. I'm asking you. Know, people, some people, the wrong
0: I don't know. I get, yeah. yeah, some people smoke, some people chew, right? I mean, I think it's more of a southern thing. I don't know. Here in the north, we don't do it. I don't see anybody doing it. Yeah, but, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I do know this. If you eat it, you will get violently sick. And can you imagine chugging whatever coffee he had left? Coffee, right? The
1: hot, the hot coffee.
0: Yeah, I mean, that had, I tell you what, I wouldn't be moving either. I would not be moving. I can be able to move if I chug cold coffee and, and don't expect it to be cold.
1: Okay, well, you know, and, and some people had an issue with the, um, yes, Sandlot, Texas Jacks, asked if I've not seen Sandlot. I have seen Sandlot. That's a great movie. Yeah, it makes you, I know it makes you sick. Okay, I know it does. And um, yeah, <laughs> I knew we'd get some comments about it. This is great. Hey, North Alabama, Cryptid. Um, yeah, Um, I don't know. Wait, what was I saying? <laughs> Just lost my train
0: of thought. Now, you're just talking about you don't know what it does. I mean, and talking about it,
1: it's got to make you sick. Okay. Um, it. It's got to make you sick. But see, here's the thing where um, I listened to his interview today just before the show started. And it was, he he said in his own words, which I'm assuming this was him talking, it was supposed to be, um, he said that he had planned to blow the snuff into the Bigfoot's eyes. Yes. Okay. And, um, and so that would have burned his eyes, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Okay. Yeah,
0: I remember you said that earlier today and what when I did what I read out of the book was which is another thing I didn't really quite understand, he was he thought that would kill it or something, get it in his eyes. And that I know nothing about snuff, but I don't think that could kill you. I think it could <laughs> kill your stomach. But other than that, but yes, I think it would burn your eyes quite readily.
1: Yeah, so it was just a nicotine high, okay. But you know what, that can make you like shaky, and it, it he just wanted he needed enough to um to get out of there, okay. He just needed something to throw it off slightly, throw the bigfoot slightly off his game so that he could make his escape, okay. And and that's what definitely what I picked up on. Now, another thing that people um were having to have kind of an issue with is like, well, if he's got the the coffee there to make, then that means that he he had a hot pot of coffee, you yes. know, is it, how did he make a fire? And did the Bigfoots not run from the fire? Did they know how to make the fire? You know, I didn't even think about that. I wasn't picking all that up in my data. I wasn't looking for that. Um, you know, I, I can always go back and look. Um, but I didn't even think about this until today when I was listening to the interview. Yes. So um, that, that's, that's a good
0: question, Rob. What do you think? You know, again, I'm just going off of what I've listened to and read. It was like, when I picture this in my mind, I picture like a a campsite and these Sasquatch are no more than 20, 30 feet away. So it seemed like he set up his own little camping area. seems like he had flints, perhaps a spark of fire. I don't even know if they had flints back then. I'm guessing they did, but he had his food. I mean, he was running low on food. He had powdered milk, you know, and he has some, some, i think jerky or something but he had enough little, enough enough food to get by right mm-hmm. so and it seems like they just observed him from a distance so yeah it was just kind of like you know stumbling on someone's campsite and there you're just you're kind of hanging out watching you it was it seemed kind yeah. of strange to me that they let him do this and make the fr- now obviously sasquatch don't mind fire because like you said to make coffee you gotta have fire.
1: You do, and str- I just wanted to make this point. Strangeland, I feel you. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this has actually happened to you, or you're just telling a story. I'm not sure. I can tell y'all for sure. When I was a kid, I did. I got stung in the eye by a wasp. Okay, it Ow. stung my eyelid, and uh, I was swinging on my playset in the backyard, and uh, I swung right into a wasp. Okay, and it got my eyelid. I'll never forget this. It was horrible. And, uh, my uncle Bruce was there and he, he chewed tobacco and it was really disgusting and gross to me as a kid, but he, um, put some tobacco on my eye. Okay. And it was, and it actually did kind of help it a little bit. It was horrible though, but yeah, uh, it, the tobacco, I can't remember the tobacco burning my eye, but, um, cause it was, I, I don't, I don't remember it being wet, but yeah, I, I had tobacco in my eye at some point. So, um. Anyways, back to the fire. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You have to wonder. I mean, I do a lot of Bigfoot field research. I've never happened upon a Bigfoot with a, uh, around a campfire.
0: <laughs> you, know, you know? I've <laughs> so. always, um, and some of the encounter stories that I've come across, and some of the reports that I've come across, there's always a fire when people are camping, obviously. But it's always, the Bigfoot are always like at the at the tree line <laughs> looking in where you can see the eyes shine at night, right? Mm-hmm. And then I've noticed when they walked through your camp at night, it was always when the embers of the flame, when the flame was gone, and it's just kind of like the embers smoldering in the area where you made the fire, where they uh-huh. would like walk or run through camp. But yeah. you never hear a story of them with an actual full blazing fire roaring, right? Yeah. I mean, Oh, no.
1: I mean, they've come into our camp many times. I had a gigantic rock thrown at my chair. While I was sitting around a, a blazing fire. I mean, I've never walked up on Bigfoot sitting around their own fire that they made.
0: No, exactly. Right. And what I mean is yeah. from a distance. I always hear from a distance they will throw rocks at you into the fire from however far away they are. And then always at nighttime when everyone's in bed, when the fire's dimmed, I don't think they're afraid of fire. I think they see it every day mm-hmm. just by watching folks in the in the woods.
1: Anthony, uh, Anthony's asking, didn't he say he was in a cave with them? Well, you know what? My data. Yes. I, in my data, he did end up in a cave at some point with these things. So yeah, he was, I, I did see him in a cave. Now I believe he ended up camping out away from them though. Right, Rob, that's what you're saying.
0: Um, he was like, they were in the same area. They, from what I read, they were like, there was like, they made walls out of cypress trees or something that they took the bark and all some other vines and, They were actually in an enclosed area made of walls made from nature, made from the forest. Um, I didn't get anything about a cave. I just got about, they were down in a valley. And when he Mm -hmm. looked up, he looked north, south, east, and west. They're in a valley surrounded by the mountains. And then the forest line came into play. And so where they were at, like a cul-de-sac, if you would, at a house, a section was kind of walled off. So it was very easy to get in and out. They weren't underground. Now this is from what I read and from what I heard on this video, right? Uh huh. I heard nothing of a cave.
1: Yeah. Well, I did. I did pick up a cave in my data. So okay. There, there was a cave. Um, I'm trying to find it. It was pretty much. Oh yeah, when the when the Bigfoots came in. So it was definitely the Bigfoots. Did they are associated with the cave actually? Okay. Um, so yeah. Yeah. But no breeding plan. Okay. So, I mean, that was quite pompous of him to think that they wanted him to do that. Yeah.
0: Right? He thought, you know, he was just a stud. He was the man, huh? Elvis <laughs> stud, you know?
1: Yeah. It, it's actually, it's, it's a little, it's a little weird, but um, you know, we've heard stories of the Sasquatch interbreeding with women, right? Have you ever heard that? With women, oh. not the men. I've never heard the men.
0: I heard of Sasquatch, female Sasquatch breeding with men, with human men. You no,
1: mean? I, I've heard of male Sasquatch kidnapping women to, I guess, breed with them. I guess you can call it that.
0: I <laughs> kind of heard a story, yeah. and I and I do not know the story 100%, so I'm not going to say it. But I did hear a story about a Sasquatch kidnapping a female. Yeah. I heard that they, they bred, and I heard a baby was born. And then I heard that the remains are somewhere in that camp area near First Nations people. Okay. I that's all I know on that story.
1: Oh, yeah. It's
0: on the tip of my tongue. So I it would be it would be foolish of me to try to explain it because that's all okay. I know. But it's very interesting.
1: Well, there's also the story of Xana. Is that what you're thinking of? The I Zana think that's in Russia? Probably.
0: It probably yeah. is.
1: She was actually she actually bore children and yeah. uh and she ended up. I don't know if it was inadvertently or on purpose, but she drowned them in the freezing water of the creek outside the house. And, and she was she was used for, you know, nefarious purposes by the man who, you know, had her there. I think she was kind of used. I, I don't want to say slave. I'm not sure exactly uh, what you would consider that. But I mean, it sounds like it. But she um, she actually did have children that survived. She had at least one or two. I did that hear ended that. up surviving. I think it yeah. might be
0: similar to the same story I heard as well. And I do want to make note of something, and this is not to sound funny, because when I was reading the book, part of this book, Albert, he, he says this. And why he says this, I think he does make mention about he thought he was kidnapped for breeding. And then mm-hmm. he is, makes mention that when he's seen the female Sasquatch. And again, why he says this, I don't know, because, of course, this is going to be true. He didn't find it find her very attractive. Now, for him to make that statement, of course, you're not going to think that. And, you know, Jessica, you always talk about vibration and frequency. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was just a bad vibe. Maybe the female was offended that he thought that she was something less than attractive. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what these things think like. And I know it sounds ludicrous to say, but you just don't know.
1: Well, see, that's where it's interesting because we're... Um, putting human qualities on something yeah. that may not be human. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and
0: because he said they look like humans, you look like humans covered in hair. That's what he said. Yeah. You know?
1: Well, you know, we, we really don't know a hundred percent what they are, you no, know? And not. so, no. um, but, but it's just like, you know, uh, I, I don't want to make this comparison at all because I was on Christina Gomez's show today and we were talking about AI and robots and how they have, uh, they're making hu- like human skin for robots now and stuff. And it's, it's just terrifying yeah. to me, but you know, th- she was talking about how the robots have feelings now and all that. I'm like, no, they're, you know, that's well, they, assigning human th- things that only humans, you know, not only humans, but humans have well, they something, are- you know, that's not human, but we don't know if these things have human DNA in them, you know.
0: You know, I did hear a similar story that AI now they are creating. Fe- of course, they're going to create female companions for men that actually oh, yeah. have. That actually, the scary thing about this, Jessica, is these these female AI can actually sense the feelings or what the man is thinking, and they can interact with them. Now, if you think about that, that is almost like combining humans and robots. Artificial intelligence. And I tell you what, that's not far-fetched to say.
1: Yeah. Man, I got some jokes there. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave them be, okay? There's always some
0: jokes (laughs) when we get together, Jessica. We will leave it at that.
1: We're live, though, Rob. Let's wait till after the show, okay? Yeah,
0: of course not. Of course. Of course.
1: Yeah, we're not we're not gonna be goofy tonight. We got, no. we, you know, we're not gonna be goofy. We got it. We got it. We gotta straighten goofy. up a little bit, Rob. Oh, we're never goofy. <laughs> we're never. Well, when we're talking about a man who was kidnapped by a Sasquatch. I have determined that it actually happened. I, I mean, how can you take this stuff that seriously? Though, I mean, you, if you can't laugh about it, we'll cry about it because this is really it could be honestly kind of scary um, thinking about being kidnapped. But you know, that's why we say don't ever go in the woods by yourself. Okay. Yeah. I think that could help. If he had somebody there to watch his back.
0: You know, after having my Sasquatch encounter, I will never go by myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, and one thing I did pick up on, which I thought was cool, when he described some of the the, the, the elder statesmen of the group, he said it had his eye teeth were extremely long compared to the rest of his teeth. And that struck with me as pretty cool because anybody has heard my Encounter story that's exactly how my Sasquatch's jaw was with the teeth. It had eye teeth that were longer than everything else, and oh, it had two and scissors coming up. So I was picturing what I seen because what I saw was old. It was kind of decrepit looking. You know, I said it kind of looked like a Down syndrome person, but I mm-hmm. now when I'm thinking about Albert's encounter or his kidnapping. <laughs> Uh, it kind of resonated with me a little bit how he explained the teeth, which were exactly what I saw.
1: Wow. You know, that sounds kind of like Chewbacca. I just got that flash of an image of yeah. Chewbacca and his t- teeth that are a little bit longer, almost like vampirish or something, you yeah. know, a little bit. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I found that very interesting.
1: Well, you know, they say like there, there was a gentleman, I can't remember his name, but someone who had interviewed Albert um, over the years. And he was actually a Bigfoot researcher uh, and uh, or had looked into it a lot. And he said that the way that Albert had described the Sasquatches, you know, it was stuff that uh, if you had not really experienced them, you probably would not know uh, the characteristics they had. And he said they even had their own language. OK, so they they were uh, grunting and, and kind of using words I guess you could say yeah. um, but they were communicating verbally
0: you know what this sounds like to me too Jessica maybe you know about this you know we have, we talk about Sasquatch Bigfoot but what about the um, just the, the hairy man or the wild man of the woods isn't that just supposed to be a dude running around covered in hair not necessarily a Sasquatch or some other being
1: uh, I, I think it's all kind of muddled there I think yeah, it's, it's probably the but same this
0: whole sub, the whole subject matter is really muddled
1: Well, they call it the wild man because it looks like a human. They're, um,
0: you know, maybe it it
1: was a smaller sized Bigfoot, you know, who knows?
0: Yeah. And what I read, uh, I think what I read in this story was the, the male was like eight foot and the female was seven. They didn't make mention of the smaller ones.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, Albert did say that he thought the younger ones were around 10 to 15 years old is what he said.
0: Yeah. And and again, how in do human you, uh,
1: terms. So that, that yeah. must have been pretty small, actually. Um, They probably would have been about the size of my kid, probably.
0: And again, like we yeah, like we talked about earlier, Jessica, how do we know how old they are? What <laughs> age? I mean, you say 10 <laughs> or 15 years old. Really? I mean, yeah. I know, mean, I did.
1: I used the example of Baby Yoda, and I know it's got another name. I'm not familiar with it. My, my son's got a Baby Yoda. I call it a doll, but he's a dude, so he doesn't like me calling it his doll. But it's one of those Baby Yoda things, and it, he's like, it's, it's not his name, Mom. You know, but it's 50 years old and it's a baby, you know, so.
0: And here's a good point to cryptid chronicles. Yes. I remember reading that as well.
1: Yeah. So the larger incisors can demonstrate a more aggressive behavior set. There are physical descriptions. Osman gave like a sagittal crest and gorilla like hands. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, that's like the, the guy who had interviewed him had mentioned, he said, you know, it had, it, he, if he not really experienced this, there's probably no way he would have known that, you know, that yes. knowing, knowing what they, they know now about Bigfoot or what that interviewer knew at the time that I watched his interview, um, he, he probably wouldn't have known that. So that it could have been a Bigfoot. Okay. So, and you guys, this was back in the 1920s. Yeah. So, um, you got to wonder how much, you know, how often these things have been spotted around there. Not too much because it wasn't until the 1950s that he went public with this story because there were more accounts being put out in the news and then local newspaper and uh, and stories were going around about it. But yeah, I also heard in this interview that he had uh when he when he went public, like he went public, okay? He even was telling the the queen of England about it and stuff, so. Really? Um it was like super public, yeah. So, which could have been a red flag for a lot of people too, because you know, once you you go super public and you're one, you know, getting all that attention.
0: I'm just, I'm just wondering a how, red flag. I'm wondering how Albert went around talking to the Queen of England. Did they? Say, I don't know. I don't. I heard cup, that did, somewhere. Do they, they have a cup of tea overlooking probably. the bog? The bog. Try
1: some snuff. <laughs> They exchanged some coffee and he blew some snuff and rice Probably that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. Oh man. This is too fun. Well, we've got a couple minutes left. I honestly, uh I had invited our friend Dave Scott to come on tonight. This is his favorite Sasquatch story uh from Space Out Radio. And I and I knew that he was busy tonight, but uh he said he was gonna try to hop on. He didn't make it unless he's here in the next thirty seconds or so. Yeah. Uh we'll we'll have to talk about this on Space Out Radio again. Yeah, so. that'd be a great one. Yeah, it'll be a good one. We got a couple minutes. I, I, I want to thank everybody for coming in tonight and, and hanging out with us. This has been really fun. Um, you know, with all of my shows here with the remote viewing, this is for entertainment purposes only. You know, I do trust my remote viewing skills. I stand behind them 100. percent And all my data, I, I do. I did see this being real and uh, and this actually happening. So I hope y'all enjoyed this tonight and everybody's learned something. Yes, I also sir. want to. I, I hope Rob. I hope Rob, you learned something. <laughs>
0: I always learn something. Every day I learn something. And of course, always with Jessica Jones and remote viewing investigations, I learn something daily. Absolutely. And I did want to say hello to everybody in chat. I didn't type much out in chat today. Uh, I still need a floating keyboard. So hello. Thank you for joining us. Love you all. Thank you.
1: Yes. Well, you guys, please, please join me this weekend on Space Radio. Tomorrow night, I have Tex Wesson. Everybody knows him. Yes. Texas Texas Front Porch. 10 o'clock eastern time tomorrow night that's 7 pacific um we're going to have a lot of fun talking about bigfoot and dogman on off the trails and uh sunday night i have matt williamson coming on of supernatural spectrum i cannot wait we're gonna have a blast we're gonna talk about everything paranormal and his new documentary that is going to be coming out soon and uh i might i might have uh Participate in a little bit of that in some way. We'll we'll be talking about that on Sunday, and go. uh, it's going to be fun. Now, Bob, tell everybody where they can find Texas Front Porch and well, brunch of Bigfoot Michigan Rob.
0: Well, Texas Front Porch, you simply type in Texas Front Porch on YouTube and uh, hit enter. You'll be uh you'll be subscribed. My channel is Bigfoot Michigan Rob. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers. You guys, I'm getting close, getting close. <laughs> I need y'all to subscribe. Go subscribe, fact, y'all. In fact, on Saturday, I'll be with on the North Carolina Cryptid Project with Tom Cardos at 8 Central or well 8 Eastern. Excuse me. Me and mm-hmm. Tom, we're going to talk about uh, my encounters. I got a whole bunch of stuff, crazy stuff to talk about. And, of course, on Texas Front Porch, we do have five shows a week. My show, Brush with Bigfoot, we talk with, we interview great researchers in the field everywhere from Ron Moorhead, MK Davis, World Bigfoot Radio, and people that are less well-known. So we get a whole package for everybody. It's a great show. Fantastic channel, Bigfoot Michigan Rob, Texas Front Porch, and of course, the very talented the Cryptid Huntress. You got to subscribe to her. I know y'all have, and you got to catch her on Space Out Radio at night too. My favorite yep. show next, Space Cell Radio.
1: Yeah, and that's, we got Jason different. McLean as well with Subaru Papers. And, yes,
0: again, yeah. Jason. and Jason yeah, McLean
1: questions, questions everything. You know, I don't forget about you, Jason. Don't worry. All right, you guys. Y'all have a wonderful evening. I am so glad y'all came and uh, spent your. Friday night with us. I will see y'all this weekend. Rob, thanks again. We'll see y'all next week.
0: Thanks, Jess. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> chat.
1: All right. Bye, y'all.